Hello, this is your host, Carolyn, and on today's episode of Listen Up, we're going to do a deep dive into health and wellness. I have Greg Price, who is the owner of Forever Fit Gym here in Longview. We're going to discuss weightlifting, ways to stay healthy at any age, and the benefits of being physically active. We will get started after this message from our sponsor. Taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical health. At Columbia Wellness, we offer behavior health care for all ages. From telehealth counseling to inpatient addiction care, we offer the level of support your mind needs. Don't wait to enjoy life again. Give us a call at 360-423-0203. At Columbia Wellness, your wellness is our passion. Hello, Greg. Welcome to this episode of Listen Up. I really appreciate you joining me today. First, I would like you to introduce yourself, tell us about who you are and what you what got you into weightlifting. Please include any fun facts about yourself. Okay, so my name's Greg Price. I own Forever Fit Gym here in Longview, Washington. I've been a gym owner since January 6th of 1992. I started working out when I was 11 years old. And really, my brothers and sisters, they worked out, so that kind of inspired me. I saw Muscle Builder Magazine, which became Muscle Fitness. Arnold Schwarzenegger was on one of the covers, and that really inspired me, motivated me, because I thought, how do you look like that? And then, of course, at 11 years old, you know, I didn't really understand, how do you do that? So then my parents got me some uh, plastic weights. I started lifting weights at home. And then by the time I was 19 years old, competing uh, bodybuilding and then powerlifting. And then when I was 23, I opened Forever Fit Gym. I was riding my bicycle down 1211 18th Avenue one day. And I thought, wow, that would be really a great spot for a gym. Because a friend of mine said, you should open a gym. I said, I don't know, that'd be a lot of work. And uh, one day I'm riding my bicycle down the street. I saw this empty building. I thought, wow, I wonder if I could do that. So then a few months later, I opened Forever Fit Gym. At that time, it was called Fit Physique. And then um, our next name was Powerhouse Gym. And then our current name is Forever Fit Gym. And it's been this year will be 32 years that I've been in business. That is awesome. So, I mean, you own a gym. What do you do for your own personal self-care? In 2020, when the COVID came around, I took a lot of time because I had more time. So I learned about skin care, health care, doing masks, doing stuff like that, juicing, um, meal prepping, and just things like that. And then, of course, I go for walks. I lift weights. I do cardio type stuff. But it's more to it than that. It's uh, a lot of people lack in self-care. And self-care could be anything that you do for yourself that makes you better. So that could be skin care, health care, um, eating better. It could be exercise. Some people it's meditation, um, positive thinking. So during that time in 2020, I took a lot of time for myself doing those sorts of things. I thought, wow, this is pretty good. There's so many more ways of taking care of yourself. And a lot of people see they'll take care of other people, but then what happens, they don't take care of themselves and then their own self-care goes down. And that's what you really got to watch out for is you got to be able to take care of yourself first and then you can help other people. 
That is so true. I talk to my clients regularly about what their self-care is and, and what are they doing daily for themselves. And a lot of people think it's selfish. I don't feel like it's a selfish act to take care of yourself. No, because if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. And really the fact is if you don't take care of yourself, let's say you have kids you don't take care of yourself, then guess who's going to be taking care of you someday? Probably your kids or some nursing home because you didn't take care of yourself. That is very true. So um, I, I know that one fun fact about you that you did not mention is that you have cats. Do they help with your self-care? Oh, yeah, I love cats. They, uh, you know, for a lot of people, animals provide a calming effect, of course, if you have a dog that yaps all night that might be different but i have cats so they're pretty easy to take care of but um yeah i love my cats got five of them so i guess i must (laughs) yep you must so what are the hours of operation for forever fit we are open 3 30 in the morning till 6 30 night that's monday through friday and then weekends is 6 30 in the morning till 1130. We also provide, we have different classes. We have a mobility class for people that are trying to get better balance, mobility. We have that three days a week. We have what's called gut buster classes with a stability ball. We have yoga, we have Zumba, and then we also have personal trainers on staff as well. I have done that gut buster class and that is definitely what it sounds like, a gut buster. (laughs) So I know that you have a bunch of different contracts with different agencies throughout the community. I know Columbia Wellness is one of them. Um, How does somebody like an organization reach out to you to get that contract going? Oh, well, we've over the years, we've had different places, different contracts with places. Uh, Right Line Equipment and Rainier, we also have something with them. And then there's various companies that also like let's say capstone they will pay for any gym in town which is great because then people have choices they'll even play uh, pay for golf lessons that sort of thing Um, there's a couple companies like that and i'm working on a couple um, banks in town actually and uh, some other organizations but they can simply get a hold of me and depending on how many employees they have we kind of base that um, price and it's really good for employees because when people are more active, they're more alert, they're more productive at work, so the production level actually goes up. A lot of foreign countries, that's why they do stretching and activities at work. And um, even in schools, kids that play on the playground have better attention spans than kids that simply do not. And nowadays, of course, everything's Uh, computerized on a computer, kids play games. Kids don't get the exercise they nearly once did. So we do a lot of family memberships. We have the best price in town for families. Um, For that reason, we want to get families involved because that's our future members right there. That's our future. Absolutely. And I know that there is definitely a rise in obesity and um, things like that that are going on. So yeah, getting families active, getting them into the gym, teaching them, you know, the right forms, things like that is, is important. Yeah. People don't get the exercise they once did because jobs aren't as physical. So then, and food is easier to get. In fact, people Think about this. People get food delivered. They don't even have to go get food. So, of course, you burn zero calories doing that. 
So it's like everything is very easy. You don't even have to go grocery shopping. Years ago, people would at least walk through the grocery store. Now they don't even have to do that. So everything's became easy. Well, easy doesn't always um, equate to better health. And we have some of our obesity is um, caused from lack of activity. It rains a lot. People have jobs that are sedentary. Some people don't even have jobs. So then, of course, it just ends up being poor health. Very true. So is there any, um, I mean, you did mention one deal that you have going on. Is there any other um, types of current deals that you have actively? Yeah, we have for a single person, it's like $249 for a year. For a couple, it's $299. And then for a family up to five people, get this, is only 399 bucks. So most gyms are more than that just for one person. So we always pride ourselves on having the best deals. And one thing, we always have somebody on the gym floor that's willing to help. So the problem with a lot of um, turnkey operations where they have, you know, a key code, you go in by yourself. Well, that's not always the most motivating, not always the safest, because if you're dealing with weights, you can get hurt. And then a lot of people feel intimidated just going in a gym in the middle of the night. You know, some gyms, the good, the benefit for them is they're open anytime, like 24 hours a day. So for some shift workers, you know, people, if they can't come to my gym, I just simply suggest, well, there is options there um, that they can do. So the main thing with us, though, it's um, a little extra motivation for people, help, that sort of thing. So they know what the heck they're doing. Absolutely. And so um, what is some of like the typical age ranges that you see at your gym? Oh, gosh. We have even kids in the gym. You know, we got kids in the gym. Um, some kids will sit at the front there watching their parents work out. Some kids will join in on that all the way up into we've had people well over 100 years old in the gym. So wow. really um, a lot of people are afraid to start, but. Even if you're in your 80s, you can improve rather rapidly. In fact, the worse out of shape you are, the more progress you'll see because you're starting out weaker. So we get people all the time in their 70s, 80s. And some of these people, it's very amazing how good a shape they're in. That is really um, something to speak volumes to if you're older and you're going into the gym for the first time and you're making some progress. That's absolutely amazing. Um, So uh, tell us where the location is of your gym. Okay, we are on 1211 18th Avenue in Longview, Washington. So basically, if if you see the Safeway store on 15th Avenue, you just go down the street three blocks, and we're on 1211 18th Avenue. Um, So what are the top three things you talk to folks about when they come in, ask questions about your gym? Oh, okay. So, so one thing I try and do this, this actually is a little different than your average tour. A lot of times I'll take them, ask them, I'll ask them three things they're grateful for. Okay. And it could be anything. And then I'll ask them three things they want to change. Because a lot of times when people think about health and fitness, they think, oh, this is this machine, this machine, uh, what do you want to do? Well, a lot of times they don't even know what they want to do. So I find out what are they grateful for, have them write it down on a piece of paper, and then three things they want to change. And then I'll start talking to them about 
the things they're grateful for. You know, they might be grateful for kids, job, whatever. And then they say, oh, well, gee, I want to improve my health or, you know, I don't like the fact that I don't get enough water. So then I'll go over to the things and how to change that. And then once I do that, then I'll say, okay, now let's talk about exercise. And then I'll show them around. Because it's because then they realize that, oh, gee, they kind of open up and then they tell you about what they want to change. So then you can actually help them. But if you just show them around and just show them this is what we got, that's kind of hard to help them because you don't know what they need. So once you find out like, oh, gee, this is the thing they're grateful for. This is what they want to change. And I show them around the gym and then offer them a free training session. And then try and set up appointment for the next couple days when it's fresh in their mind. And then get them in the gym. Then they can try it out if they like it. Then I talk to them a little bit further about joining. And that's how I go about that. And it's worked really good. My motto has always been, how many people can I help today? How many people can I get in the gym today? Not how many people can I sign up because... If you get them in the gym and they like it, they're going to sign up. So you don't really have to worry about that part. The main thing is worrying about, okay, how do I get people in the gym? Once you get them in the gym and show them around, help them, then you can worry about joining them up. And that's the best way to do it, really. I like that outlook on it. I know that you have definitely asked me those questions prior to signing me up. So (laughs) I like the motto, and I feel like it's a good motto to go by, especially if you're a gym owner and you're in in the practice of helping people. So I know you talked about training and that you do personal training. Um, Are there other trainers that work for you at Forever Fit? Yeah, we have uh, a couple other ones. We have... um, one guy, Dusty Denoyer, and then we have Christina Arquette, and then we have another lady, Karen Clemenson. Um, and that's pretty much it for trainers at the gym. So there's basically four of us. I have one guy that he'll come in once in a while, but um, we're the consistent ones. And I'm always the one opening the gym. I get there at 3.30 in the morning. so, And then I'm usually the one closing the gym. That's because I own the gym. So <laughs> so what would be a, the benefit of having a personal trainer? Accountability and then safety. Okay, this is how you use this piece of equipment. This is how you use this. I see this all the time. Somebody will come in they'll say, oh, I did this in high school uh, 40 years ago. And I'll see them getting on machines backwards. I'll be like, okay. In fact, there was a guy, Joe. I won't mention the last name, but Joe said, I did this 40 years ago. I said, well, Joe. That was 40 years ago. We're in 2022. This is back in 2022. I go, so things have changed since you've been working out 40 years ago. Um, So then I said, okay, let's go through some stuff, start slowly, and then go from there. But the main thing with personal training is accountability, knowing what to do, and then just knowing that if you come to the gym, not like, oh, what do I do today? That's the biggest thing is, Oh, what do I do today? Well, that's where having somebody help you takes a lot of that wasted time away. And then figuring out, like, gee, if they have a back injury, they probably shouldn't do this machine. Gee, if they have a knee injury, this would be probably something they want to avoid. And that's the main thing, too, is safety, knowing what to do, being accountable. And then when they show up, they just go, hey, okay, let's do this. Get them through the workout. Then they go 
about their way. That way they have balance in life. They can working out is just a tool to get in better shape for them to stay in better shape because you have regular life. Working out is only, um, gosh, what do they say? 1%, 4% of your day. It's like about a half hour of your day. So if you do that, like three or four days a week, you're only committing to maybe an hour a week of exercise as part of your self care. And so that's not a huge commitment where see people spend hours a day on their phone. They spend hours a day on social media, hours a day on videos with very little benefit. See, the one thing about the human body, your current version of your body, you can make better just by exercising. So if somebody doesn't like their current shape, their body, the way they are, the way they feel, well, the good news is you can change that with exercise, proper exercise. And that's really what a trainer does is pretty much guides you, helps you kind of figure that out. That's good encouragement for a lot of folks who are looking for a good gym with a good trainer. Um, So do each trainer have like a a specific set of skills that, you know, may be more beneficial than the other? Well, pretty much all of us work on people that have injuries and therapy and stuff like that because most people have some sort of injury so it's one thing as a trainer, you pretty much need to know how to work around an injury. And then some guys, they do different classes and they like doing different things. Like one of my trainers, they'll use kettlebells a lot. One of them uses bands a lot. And then that's the thing is finding out what that person wants to do. Once you figure out their goal, then you can kind of figure out like, okay, I'm going to have them talk to this person. Sure. And you mentioned like there's different age groups. So I know that, you know, sometimes maybe somebody that is older might have some limitations or maybe somebody might be more interested in, you know, doing competitions or powerlifting. Do they accommodate for that as well? Yeah, everybody has limitations. So um, and that's just figuring out like, okay, I helped a guy yesterday. Um 1 p.m. he came in, we talked for a while, Jacob, and I talked to Jacob about what he's going through. He has some foot issues, injuries, knee injuries, and one of my trainers is actually meeting him today, and they're going to go over a program and what he wants to do because he was in the military, had some injuries, and now he's trying to just recover his body, get in better shape, feel better, and add to his longevity. So basically we figure out like what that person's goals are, what their issues are, and then how do we safely put that person through a workout to benefit their life to where they're not like, oh, my knee just blew out. <laughs> right, right. You don't want that happening. No. So, so it's all, usually it's all about safety, um, getting them doing the right things versus the wrong things. Just like a regular coach would do. Uh, you know, on a baseball team, let's say the player injures himself, their goal is to get them healed up and back on the baseball field right away. Well, ours is the same. We get people that test for, like, to become a police officer or they want to get in better shape so they can pass a physical to work at one of the mills. I get that sort of thing all the time where people, let's say, get injured on a job and then we help rehab them back into health and then they can go back to work. And that's a big part of our job is helping people get past injuries and in better shape. Awesome. That sounds like a great place to go and work out. 
Um, so next we're gonna we're gonna switch it all up a little bit and talk about eating and eating healthy and what your perspective is on fad diets. Can we talk about that a little bit? The diet industry and everything, it's always been about fads and different things because that's really what sells supplements, vitamins, pills, and you know, some of that stuff is definitely beneficial. But that's really if you tell somebody, okay, eat these foods but there's no actual diet behind it, like then the industry is not really making money from that. Cause you're just saying, okay, go to the store, let's get some vegetables together, let's meal prep, get this together. Then basically, well, the, the food, the store will make money on that. But as far as the supplement industry, that sort of thing will not. So fad diets, it's always trying to figure out like what in, this is the thing about diets. Any diet will work if it's in a calorie restricted state. So what that means is you will lose weight, but how you keep it off and every diet, when you go back to normal habits, you will gain the weight back. That's just the way the body works genetically, because if it didn't, we would literally starve to death if we went on a diet. So the body is very good at adapting. So it'll adapt to less food, more food, your natural thermostat goes down when you cut your calories down your thermostat goes down so that's where when you eat your metabolism goes up because your body senses oh gee i'm getting food feel energy but now if it doesn't it has to slow down because it won't be able to last long on limited calories so fad diets always come and go and there's always going to be that sort of thing and some people that initially gets them on track and then in the end, you just have to figure out a balanced diet that you can maintain over time because everybody that goes on a diet is going to, if they follow the diet, they're going to lose weight, but there is no diet on the planet that you can go on that this is what I see happen with that. People go, oh, I went on this program. It worked really good. I went off and I gained all the weight back. Well, that's because they went back to old habits. Now, if they did that diet, for example, and they kept their habits the same, they wouldn't gain the weight back. But that's the hardest part of it. It's easy to reach a goal, but to keep that goal, that's a lot harder because then you got to stay committed. So that's really... Fad diets are always going to be around and there's always going to be that next best thing. But realistically, the hardest part is to keep that weight off once you've lost it. I feel like it is definitely like fad diets to speak to that. Um, it, you know, diet, dieting in general and the supplement industry, they definitely have their hook in in. And it's like a nonstop, you know, moneymaker in some ways. But um, it, like you said, it doesn't doesn't last long if you don't stick to it. Yeah, people that that let's say get overweight and go on diets, they are professional diet dieters. Like people think, oh, they don't have willpower, this or that. No, they do. It's just that only lasts so long. And then some people like that. They like trying new things. Like I've done many different eating programs myself just over the years just to see what they would do actually. But it always comes down to a calorie deficit. If you do not have a calorie deficit, you really can't lose weight because you're in a positive balance. It's like a bank account. You put more money in, you have more money. 
you take your calories out, then you have less fat. And a lot of people do, let's say they'll do fasting or they'll do intermittent fasting or they'll do the keto diet or they'll eat once a day or they'll eat three times a day or they'll eat five times a day or they'll go on um, Metafast. I was a coach for Metafast for years as well. So then that program's pretty good in the fact that it teaches you small portions, eating several times a day, but... Even that, people will lose a lot of weight, but then once they go back to their old habits, what happens? They gain that weight back. So when people say, oh, gee, I tried this diet, Greg, but I lost all the weight, but then it all came back. Well, your fat cells grow and shrink. So if you feed them more, they grow. If you feed them less, they shrink. So if a person does any diet, we're talking any diet in the world, and they lose weight, they will gain weight back if they go back to their old habits. So there is no diet that will make you lose weight and keep it off. That is impossible. So what is the number one tip that you suggest to people who are trying to lose weight or achieve a uh, health-related goal? That's easy. That is prepare. If you prepare ahead of time, it's like giving a kid lunch for school that's healthy. That kid is going to do better because they have access to good food. You know, you know how it is like when you're really hungry and you go to a grocery store, you're not going to get very good choices. <laughs> and or let's say you, you're in a restaurant, you're hungry, so you order a bunch of food and then you're like, why did I eat all that? And oh, gee, I have more food than I really needed. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so how important is water intake? Uh, water intake is super important. You know, because, you know, depending on the studies, it's uh, body 60 to 70 percent water. And then with water, you also need electrolytes because you can drink too much water. I can testify to that because I almost died that way. That's a known uh, little known fact, too, is um, when I was younger, exercising a lot, too much caffeine, not enough salt. Now, this is what happens. When you lack electrolytes, that water literally goes right through you. You could drink three gallons of water a day and be dehydrated because without electrolytes, there's nothing to hold that water to you. So it literally goes right through you, and you'll be thirsty. If you're drinking a gallon of water a day and you're thirsty, then your electrolytes are probably low, and that controls your whole electrical system in your body, everything, your heart, your kidneys, your brain, So when we get low on electrolytes, we start to lose energy. So if you're drinking a lot of water, you need to make sure that you have proper electrolytes because what you're doing is you're flushing everything out of the body. Once your body's full and hydrated, then it's like pouring water in a jar that's already filled up to the top. What's going to happen? You fill it up and everything goes out because it overflows. Same thing with your body. There's a certain amount of water you need. Once you get beyond that, then it's not going to do you any good. It's just literally flushing you out, and it flushes all your electrolytes out, your vitamins, your minerals. Most people are dehydrated. Most people don't get too much water, but yes, you can. And water, if you get too much, it will kill you. Yeah, that that is all really good information. I'm glad you shared. Yeah, I found out the hard way, honestly. Um you know, a lot of people are even in good health, even doctors, they'll be like, they didn't drink enough water. 
And you can do the opposite, too. You can get too much salt. That happens to people. But in my case, I didn't get enough salt. So then ever since then, I was really, I wouldn't worry about the salt. I would actually put extra salt on my food and get electrolytes, and it made all the difference. Is that why a lot of, like, sports players, they drink sports drinks? and Yes, like and um, the military, you'll see where they used to take uh, salt tablets, stuff like that. And that's the reason why is because once they're they're sweating and exercising hot heat, they need um, salt. Even animals, you'll see they put a, like a salt lick in a field for cows because mm-hmm. they need that salt. Okay. Without it, they uh, they don't they don't live. They die. All right. Well, that's good information. Um, so, what does being healthy at every size mean to you? Oh, so this is the thing: a person can be. 300 pounds, 200 pounds, 100 pounds. If they're, you have such a thing as your muscle tone, okay? First, let's start with cardio conditioning. Okay, so somebody can be really skinny, but have bad cardio conditioning. Somebody can be really overweight and have good cardio conditioning. Usually I figure out, like, do they have any injuries? Okay, no injuries. We can do different exercises that we couldn't. Some people lack in cardio conditioning. Some people lack in muscle. Like some people have really good cardio conditioning. Let's say they're a marathon runner. But all of a sudden now they have, let's say they have osteopenia or osteoporosis. Then they need to do weight training to make their muscles stronger. Because once your muscles are stronger, the bones get stronger. And the bones pretty much, they keep everything together. Without strong bones you end up with some serious problems. Absolutely. That is 100% true. <laughs> I've seen some people that have bad bones and they, they didn't work out their whole life mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay, so how is being physically fit beneficial for mental health or people who are struggling in addiction? Oh, gosh. We get lots of people in the gym struggling with addiction. Now, one thing about lifting weights, people that are addicted – They are the type, within a week, they're in the gym five days a week. Because, guess what? They now released dopamine, endorphins, serotonin. These things control your brain, and they make you feel good. So when you exercise, you have a good feeling. Your body likes to complete tasks. So let's say we have a room that's dirty, there's boxes all around. That's chaotic. Your body doesn't, your mind doesn't really like that. Your body doesn't like it. So, like, let's say you clean up that room, it's all tidy. You have a good feeling. Well, your brain is the same way. It likes things to be in order. Now, if you're not exercising, it's not getting what it wants. It wants the serotonin. It wants the endorphins. It wants that dopamine. Now, when you lift weights or exercise, it does that. And then, of course, it speeds up your metabolism. You feel better. And then all of a sudden now, let's say your joints don't ache as much. You can get around better. And a lot of people are on medications. Well, a lot of times when they exercise, let's say they're diabetic. Some people get off of the diabetic medication. They feel better. So it's really good for the mental health because all of a sudden now you're not depending on things to get you throughout the day. And lifting weights is really good for that. And exercise, swimming, running, 
you know, so you have to figure out like what you can do. Problem is with like running, a lot of people get older, all of a sudden their knees, hips, feet, they can't do it. So then they get depressed because they can't do what they once did. You've probably heard the term the runner's high. Mm -hmm. Well, the runner's high is simply endorphins, serotonin, and dopamine being released in your body because you exercise. It feels good. And uh, that's really how it helps mentally. And a lot of people are easier to cope with things when they exercise. Yeah, I've heard the term exercise makes people happy. Yes, it does. And it's, it is, like they say, it is all in your head because literally your body's producing endorphins. It's, it's getting, it's like people are getting high from working out because all of a sudden they feel better. And then when they look better, let's say they're going through the grocery store and somebody says, wow, you look really good. Did you lose weight? You feel better. That's a mental boost, isn't it? Absolutely. Versus going, wow, are you feeling okay? You look really poor right now. That's not a mental boost. No. No. And that happens too. You know, let's say you're you're down with the flu for a week and you're just running ragged. You're, let's say a person has kids or working two jobs or car breaks down on the way home. That's not good. And I always talk about happy money and sad money. Happy money is coming to the gym, exercising. Happy money is getting that favorite car that you wanted. Happy money is getting something for Christmas that you really love. Sad money is you're going down the road, your car breaks down, your transmission goes out. That's not happy money. So I always ask them, why are you doing this? Is this, oh, well, my doctor said he wants me to get in shape. I said, well, what do you want? Do you want to be in better shape? And they're like, I was like, oh, that's a good doctor that wants you to be in shape. And then it changes their perspective. So I said, is this happy money or sad money? Oh, I'm mad because I have to exercise now. Oh, well, that's sad money. We don't want that. We want happy money. So I talked about sad money, happy money. Yes. So um, how often do you recommend people to be physically active? Okay. Well, that is a good question. And I always figure that out. Now, there's people that are all or nothing, like if they work out one day, they want to work out the next day, next day. Some people, it's good to take a break. Like, usually I recommend about three days a week starting out. And then, why is that? Because some people suffer burnout. And then some people, if you say three days a week, they won't be motivated because they need to do something every day. And they are the all or nothing type of people. When they go all in or they're all out. If they miss one day, it can screw them up. And then some people are like, hey, I need a day off or I get burned out. Now, them people, I always say, hey, stick to your program. It's working. Right. And so um, how are you able to keep people accountable to coming into the gym? Well, I'll bug them. If I have to, (laughs) that's pretty easy. But usually I'll ask them why they're doing it, uh, set up a goal, and then find out, like, how many days a week do they want to work out? What is their goal? Why are they doing it? Why is their why? What is their why? Are they doing it because they want to be stronger? Are they doing it because they're more flexible? Like, I'm going to put a lady 69 years old through a workout today. She just moved here from England. And she goes, I don't want to be feeble. So she's 69. She still works. She doesn't want to be feeble. And she goes, I see your town. I moved here. And she goes, there's a lot of feeble people. 
and feeble would be weak for people that don't know what that term is. But it was just like, she goes, so I want to be strong. And she goes, as I'm getting older, I know some of my body change and I'm moving slower. She goes, I want to be able to move like I used to. That is amazing. 69 years old and coming into the gym. Wow. Yeah. From what it sounds like um, is that people like to have routines. And one of the routines that is really good for people to have is coming into the gym because it can uh, boost endorphins and um, make people happy. Yeah, it keeps one thing about it. It keeps you accountable. When you have a goal, you're much better off in everything you do. It could be at work with a job. If you have no goal... It could be a kid going to school, a goal. You know, whatever that is, it could be somebody working in their garage on a car, fixing their car. That's a goal, getting it done. And it's always a relief when you reach that goal. And that's where goals have to be attainable. And I also caution people to have not too many goals. If they got 50 goals, are they really going to reach them? No. You need one primary big goal. And then a couple of smaller goals. Baby steps sometimes. Yeah, and your baby step could be, oh, I'm going to drink half a gallon of water today. Okay, you just reached your goal. Okay, now what? Oh, I'm going to exercise on Saturday. Okay. And then, oh, on Sunday I'm going to meal prep. That's three good goals that you can achieve. Sure. Now, if they say, oh, yeah, I want to go compete in the Olympics next week. Well, that's not an achievable goal unless they're at that level. (laughs) So it always has to be an achievable goal. And I talk to people about that a lot. And they're like, hold, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start small and make it to where you can't reach that goal or you barely reach that goal and then you can set a new goal. Yeah. A lot of people like to call them SMART goals. Yep. Something measurable, something achievable, something attainable. Yeah, that's, SMART goals are one of the best ways of possibly doing it. Yes. So let's talk about some myths people have about weightlifting, such as lifting weights will make me bulky. Uh, that's that's a funny one. Yeah. Um, muscle is very hard to gain. So, so simply, you have to put in a lot of work to gain muscle. And then probably another good myth would be, oh, I don't want to be muscle bound. Okay, so when you lift a weight, let's say you're squatting up and down, you're going through a full range of motion on the stretch position, you're getting a really good stretch. And then on the upper position, contracted position, you're really stretching as well. So when you do any type of exercise through a full range of motion, you're actually stretching under tension with a weight. So you're actually going to get very flexible. So if you take the average person that's never worked out and you make them lift weights, they're going to become more flexible and less stiff. A lot of people think when I get older, I want to exercise so I can be less stiff. And that's one of the best forms of exercise there is, is lifting weights. Because you're stretching under tension. And that's really good. Okay. So does muscle turn to fat if you stop lifting? Uh, No. They've proven this uh, scientifically that muscle does not turn into fat. Fat doesn't turn into muscle. A fat cell simply increases in size or decreases. You can also get extra fat cells, too. But muscle cells, typically, they get bigger and stronger with resistance exercise. So when that happens, of course, you gain muscle. But when you lose muscle, it just simply shrinks in size. The muscle cell gets bigger. 
It's not quite that simple, but it is. It's uh, the muscle cell gets bigger. And then when it gets bigger, it gets stronger. It's best to lift one muscle group a day. Yeah, and depending on the sport, let's say you're an athlete, then they do it a little differently because you need to be able to use all muscles simultaneously. Now, if you're doing it for muscle shaping or bodybuilding purposes, typically people break the muscles up into different days. Like, oh, I'm going to do legs today. I'm going to do back tomorrow. I'm going to do chest the next day. Um, that would be for gaining muscle, changing your body. And then see certain sports, people will do things different. They'll do stuff to help their sport. So they're better at it, like a better golfer, better at basketball. Let's say they need their, they don't, can't jump high enough. Then we're going to work on their calves and that's called priority training. Cause let's say I'm trying to help a kid jump higher then he is going to be doing different types of jumps over time and getting stronger. And then he'll be better at a sport. So it's a priority of whatever you're trying to achieve. What about um, is lifting weights the only weight that you'll see results? Uh, no. Um, so cardio resistance, running, swimming, that sort of thing, is for the heart and lungs. Lifting weights is for your infrastructure, your muscles. So if you lift weights, your infrastructure, your muscles will get stronger. And that's a different sort of fitness right there. That's your strength fitness. And then, so a person should always have a balance of cardio conditioning for the heart and lungs, lifting weights to keep the muscles strong and then flexibility. A lot of people do like yoga. They'll do flexibility stuff because you want to be flexible. You want to be strong and you want good cardio conditioning. Cause if you have everything, but your cardio conditioning is bad, well, that's where people end up with heart issues. Now, if you have good aerobic conditioning, but then you have very little muscle mass, that's where people get osteoporosis. And lastly, I think a lot of people have this question, is weightlifting bad for your joints? Uh, well, if done improperly, yes, it can be because you're lifting weight and the joints have to lift that. So like anything, you can go to excessive levels, but... Under controlled conditions, if you slowly move up the weights over time and you get stronger, your joints are going to get stronger. And if you don't do that, the joints are going to get weaker. Or if you lift more weight than you can really handle, or if your form is improper, you can definitely hurt yourself. And I've seen this many times. So that's ultimately not the goal is you want to lift with, within your means so you're safe. And then when you do that, your bones get stronger, and over time, the body gets stronger. Well, thank you. You have given us a lot of really good information. Um, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Listen Up. I would like to thank Greg for coming on to today's show and being my guest. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here. 
You are an inspiration to many and encourage health and wellness to so many people in the community. Again, the location is 1211 18th Avenue in Longview. And if you'd like to talk with Greg and get signed up, his number is 360-270-3942. Call today and get signed up. You won't regret it. <laughs>